Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, this is the Great and Show in the Galaxy, I'm Michael Mould and this is the worst episode ever, 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 and joining me as always in putting a foot through the television is Emma Foster. Hello. Hello. You alright? I'm good thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, not bad, ever since we've got a god of Ragnarok saying hi to us. Oh, well, yeah, just a little bit. Um, for those who aren't following The Greatest Show pod on Twitter, um, you would have seen that an actual god of Ragnarok, a younger lady by the name of Catherine Ludlow, who was in our namesake episode, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, tweeted us and gave us hearty hearty good luck, um, which was really nice and out of the blue. I know. How bizarre. Very strange. <laughs> so you find us in slightly giddy mood today, fair audience, but don't worry, it's not going to stop us putting the absolute boot in, because uh, mm. today we're going to discuss those episodes we love to hate. Um, and when we say that, what we're thinking is, um, if you were doing a, a big long rewatch of Doctor Who from the beginning, if you were coming up to episode next, you would go, oh, are you serious? <laughs> not that one. Um, so yeah, so let's begin. So Mike, why don't you unleash hell on your first episode okay now this is this is okay i have to be completely forthcoming with this one this is probably going to be really controversial oh we like controversy now because come on i don't actually it, this episode is not a bad one it's actually quite a good one but i hate it for like personal reasons because this is from the new series and i was about this was a 2008 so about, about maybe 25 when i saw this and I don't really get scared all that much. But this episode put the words at me so much that I just actually cannot bear to go watch it back. And that is Midnight. Ah, oh, right. Yes. Because when you have, like, the the end... Okay, spoilers. We're going to spoil stuff here. So, although, you should probably know this already. <laughs> um at the end, when the passengers have turned on, like, on the Doctor, and the Doctor's sort of, like, seemingly taken over by the Midnight Entity, and they're dragging him towards, like, the doors, and it's just building up and building up, and obviously, you know, they're not they're not going to kill the Doctor, but what this episode does is convinces you pretty bloody well that it might happen. And I remember, like, once the, the end credits rolled, and it was eight, and it was moving on to the next programme on BBC One, I was, I was sweating... I was yeah. like, I was physically shaking, and that has never happened in my entire history of watching Doctor Who. And because of that, because it sort of disturbed me so greatly, it's just something I can't sort of, I, I can't bear to go back and watch it. You know what I mean? It's it's just oh, yeah. so, um, it, it's so tense. It's mm. kind of one of those things of, I mean, considering as well. I mean, it's kind of it, it's it's a strange episode in that I think. Because you've kind of you've kind of got used to the Doctor, although he's, there's darkness in the show. Mm-hmm. It, fundamentally, it's a family show, and there's always kind of laughs to break it up. In this, there's nothing. It's mm-hmm. a straight, tense, like confined space horror movie, essentially packed into forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those episodes that the Doctor really doesn't actually resolve anything. This entity is still out there. He's only really saved by the self-sacrifice of someone that he's met. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's one of those situations where it, it, the Doctor is in danger, mm. but you don't, you, you almost feel, I think it's almost as close as you're ever going to get to the Doctor being killed by 
the situation he's in. Hmm. It doesn't. You don't really get any release of that tension. I mean, even right at the end when you know he goes up to Donna and hugs her, and you know, sort of thing. You don't feel any better. It's very yeah. You no, know, there's kind of no release of that tension through that 45 minutes. And yeah, I agree. I mean, it's one that I've only maybe seen a couple of times. Because like you say, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, you're chewing your fingernails down to your knuckles by the time of the day. I mean, it'll, I was eating a couch cushion. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's I was... one of those episodes, even though you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. it's unbearable. Yeah. I mean, especially like sort of once, once the passengers start like rounding on each other and then, you know, the 10th Doctor, as we've talked about, he can be a bit of an egomaniac. And, you know, when he comes up with things like uh, when he comes up with like sort of the excuses as to why he should be the one to talk to the, the midnight entity. And he, and he just sort of blurts out, because I'm clever. And then they sort of like start sniping at him for that. It's just it's just sort of like it just keeps building up with this sort of sense of complete dread. And it's just like, oh, shit, this is not going to end well. You yeah. Know? I just like I say, I think be, I think it's so it's quite unique, actually. And like I say, it's because there's no kind of there's no release of that pressure mm. any other episode you would have like because you'd have donna with him or yeah. any, any other companion or even if he didn't have a companion with him he would kind of make a bond with someone else in that in that situation mm-hmm. and then there'd be kind of an ease of that tension mm. um you know in, in, if you take an episode that's very confined like that maybe like 42 yeah you know, because he's separated from Martha in that episode. Mm-hmm. But because, again, that's kind of their release and all those things about the questions to pass through the doors, you know, there's kind of a bit of humour in it. So you can kind of, you can go with it a bit more. It, it doesn't seem anywhere near as horrifying as Midnight does. Yeah. And, you know, the Leslie Sharp is so good in that episode. Oh, like yeah. She always is. But she's so creepy. Mm-hmm. And because he's the one, she's the one who he was kind of knocking around with before the beginning of the episode. Yeah. He's kind of lost any any ability to make a connection with anyone because yeah. by the time the things start kicking off, everyone is so scared mm-hmm. he can't do his usual thing of connecting with somebody yeah. to to kind of to get out of it essentially. Yeah, another sort of like the the, the real moment where I started to go <gasps> was when the possessed Sky and the Doctor are sort of like banter, like bantering at the same time. Oh yeah, and then when the Doctor makes his offer to the Midnight Entity and. She finishes the sentence before he does. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, do we have a deal? And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, this is a comparison I make a lot. If I'd seen this episode when I was, you know, eight or nine, mm-hmm. I would have been still sleeping with the lights on now. Oh, it yeah. It scared the piss out of me. Oh, and yeah. the fact that, you know, there's there's kind of because you're the doctor's the one you latch on to mm-hmm. and there's no humor there's no breaking it it's just relentless tension and horror for 45 minutes almost mm. apart from the very beginning yeah. it's kind of i can't imagine watching that as a child oh no that, that, oh yeah oh god <laughs> can you imagine watching that as a kid i oh, would I'd yeah. be, you know it would be horrendous mm. i know i mean i'm trying to remember wasn't wasn't midnight sort of like a last minute thing yeah, it was a, like a last-minute replacement because, you know, it was one of those things of... It was basically a bottle show because it's essentially yeah. like two sets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no hardly any effects. It's just, you know, eight people... It, well, not eight people, sort of six or seven people in a room. Mm-hmm. And RT, it's an RTD script. Yeah. And, um, it, it, yeah, it, I think it was a just sort of a last-minute, like you say, replacement, something that didn't quite work. Yeah. Because it was one of those things that they had to do... This is back in the day. We had a Doctor Light and a Companion Light. Mm-hmm. In that they were doing the Doctor Light, which was uh, turn left, which was to come next. Yeah. Um. So this was meant to be the companion light, so that they could go and film 
Don, um, uh, Catherine Tate's bits mm-hmm. for uh, Turn Left. So, yeah, I think this was a, a last-minute thing that filled in for something else. I'm not sure what, though. You would have to go and um, have a read-up on that. But, yeah, I think you're right. Yes. Uh, but it, it's one of those funny things with RTD in that he's a really fabulous writer of scenes mm-hmm. and a really... He's got a really kind not this is not a just disrespectful way of saying this. He's got like kind of a soap sensibility, that drama, yeah. you know, tension, you know, things that you see in your soaps, you your EastEnders, you know, as your world turns, you know, things like that in the States. So really writing a dra- basically a drama like this mm-hmm. is right in his playbook. Yeah. You know, if you go and watch something like Second Coming, mm-hmm. which has got some really tense bits in it, yeah. um, you know, if this is right, you know, this is right in his wheelhouse. So, you know. Yeah, this is one of those ones where you could like picture like any of like the new series doctors in and it would be just yeah. as traumatizing. I mean Oh, absolutely. I mean try trying to imagine Christopher Eccleston doing Midnight. I mean, that would be even more intense. Oh god, it would be unbearable. It would be like you know, his character in 28 Days Later. It would oh, just yeah. be like, you know, a 45 minute long bit of that, you know, it would be it would be awful. I mean, again, but what Matt Smith in this bit? Whoa, dude, that would be incredible. Mm. Um, that'd but be, yeah, that'd be yeah. traumatizing. I think just to see like the eleventh Doctor break so hard. Yeah, I mean, when you because when you think you know, the tenth Doctor is pretty chatty, but the eleventh Doctor even more so. Yeah, yeah. So to have that sort of turned against him, that that would be like even uh, this is this is like one that could like it could almost apply to any Doctor. This yeah, is, it could. Yeah. yeah, it could. I mean, that's it's one of those things of luck, like I say, because it plays to see strengths. Because it's basically a drama with the Doctor in it, mm. not a Doctor Who story yeah. with some drama added. Yeah. Well, I say, I mean, I, I can totally understand why, if you were doing a rewatch, you were going, mm, maybe skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, uh, as I say, I don't hate the episode. No, it just, it's, it's the way it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the way I feel is just really freaking uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, turn left kind of like does the same to me as well. I think it's just more because of when you sort of like think how how much shit can hit the fan if the doctor's not around. Because it's sort of like it's sort of like circumstance pile up, really, isn't it? Yeah. Turn left. I mean, I, like, I I absolutely adore turn left. It's mm. actually one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Well, but I think because you know it's it's very sad and it is mm. tense. But I think the reason why I like it so much is because the all the all the action and all the performances are so kind mm. of you can you can just so get into them. Yeah, you know, and you know it's just something about Catherine Tate. She just she just draws you in, and mm. I think that especially because she's kind of the Donna that a lot of people really hated in Runaway Bride yeah. and see that evolution and because mm-hmm. you're rooting for her to go, come on, Donna, be, be that Donna we know, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's so sad, but there's lots of cool stuff as well, you know, with the TARDIS, with all the wires and all the mirrors and mm-hmm. well, so, I mean, cause that is cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got? Okay. So sticking with the new series, mm-hmm. fear her. Yeah. I felt that, that would have gone on my list. Do you know what? I think, the problem with fear hers it's it's not actually a bad idea i just no, don't it's know not. it's because i mean you know it, when you think it's like a, a child who can sort of like turn like they can like capture people and turn them into drawings that's really kind of creepy and i i know this sounds strange but i quite like the idea of the scribble monster they had yes yeah. but oh yeah i think it's got some cool ideas but it's just it's... Sort of executed sort of 
it's executed poorly. Yeah. I think that um, I don't. I personally don't like the bit where the doctor takes the Olympic torch into the into the stadium. I would have preferred mm. that it, you know he'd helped up somebody and given them the torch and sent them on their way or something. Yeah. I think that's more doctorish. But I mean, I think the reason why I don't really like fear her is I just it, it's not a bad idea, but it's filler. Mm. You know, yeah. it's you know the. Legend has it that this this story was a last minute replacement for the one that Stephen Fry was meant to write for series oh, two, yeah. yeah, which fell through kind of again at the last minute. So if we're talking about last minute versus last minute, midnight versus fear her, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's not, no contest, it's not really. even in the same stratosphere, you know. Yeah. So I just I think that's the reason why I don't really. I mean, there's nothing really bad about it. I mean, there's mm. good ideas, like you say. I like the scribble monster. I think the whole idea of someone, you know, drawing things and bringing them to life or drawing things and trapping them faces. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. It's it's an interesting idea, but just didn't really work for me. And, yeah. um, but I mean, saying that, kids seem to love that episode. Um, mm. If you look back, uh, back in the day, I mean, we, we used to watch a thing, used to have on the children's uh, channel over here, CBBC, uh, called Totally Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Remember um, and it was basically different teams of kids and they would do different things. Like they'd, they'd have to do the Foley sound effects. And every week it was kind of like an X Factor kind of elimination challenge. So yeah. you would have to replicate this thing from Doctor Who and then um, get voted. The time would get voted off every week. But the point was at the beginning of this uh, series, they asked all the kids, what's your favorite episode? Mm-hmm. And I think about seven out of the 10 kids said fear her. I think because I think really because it's about kids fundamentally, mm. so I think that's why they like it. But for me, as a grown up watching it, it just and knowing the story behind it, yeah. it just is quite weak. And considering that it's, it's between, God, what's episode ten of that series? Um, was that Tin Pit? No, hang on. Yeah, I know it was Love and Monsters, wasn't it? Love and Monsters, right? Love and Monsters, Monsters. controversial episode, but one I've grown to like actually. So mm. it's between. Love and Monsters and Army the end arc of Army of Ghosts. Yeah. It, is, it is shit in the shit sandwich, <laughs> in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's my num- that's my one. I, I, although I have to say, in, in defence of fear, I always do like the fingers on lips bit. Yeah, fingers I, on lips, yeah. That's although so that was the thing. It is very doctory, but that was the best thing about primary school. When you made you put your fingers on your lips, did you realise you could still talk around your lip? Around your Okay, so sticking with the new series, and in fairness, I've already said my piece on it on the Starbase 66 episode last we did uh, Doctor Who, but Nightmare in Silver. Yeah. And it's it's just, again, it's just really disappointing because, I mean, I don't think it's all Neil Gaiman's fault. I think he did a, a good story and then maybe Smurfat mucked around with it. But the problem is, you know, aside from, you know, Warwick Davis the rest of the supporting cast are really rather bland. And again, don't get me started on the fucking kids. They're absolutely dreadful. Ah. They they Basically, they take what would be otherwise kind of a mediocre story and just bomb it straight to the depths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny, that episode in the... I think as well, you're coming off the hype of someone who wrote The Doctor's Wife. Yeah. And you can't believe that, that these two episodes are from the same person, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a fairly ordinary story kind of generously yeah but then to put the kids in it and mm. it's okay yeah put the kids in it if you want but for them to be so awful 
They're so cookie cutter, though. That's they're so a... cookie cutter. Yeah, you know the typical stroppy teenager, stroppy for kind of no reason. I hate and you. I hate you. But yeah, you and know. the spotty and the spotty younger brother. Mm-hmm. It just it it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think to be honest, the funny thing is, if you're someone in this who over in the UK, if you're a person who like follows follows the merchandising lines and buys stuff, mm-hmm. I think they thought this episode was going to be huge because yeah. the amount of merchandise that mm. you can get with Henrix written yeah. on it yeah is unbelievable every <laughs> i walked into forbidden planet which if you if you don't know it is a, a sort of sci-fi shop uh chain store essentially yeah they've got a mega store in strash avenue in london so i popped down there sort of fairly frequently and the day after that episode i walked into the store mm-hmm. and there was stuff from the episode everywhere travel <laughs> travel card holders mugs t-shirts posters all that stuff mm. and i just thought this stuff's all going to be in the discount bin because that episode was terrible. Yeah. And I think the, I kind of don't like, I mean, I'm okay with the Cyberman design itself, but I think they were just a little bit too overpowered. I mean, I can understand that it was like, it was getting near the end of the Cyber Wars and things like that. So it would yeah. make sense that they're overpowered. But, you know, when they have like the scene with the moat, the electrified moat, yeah. and one Cyberman steps in and gets fried, and then it reboots itself and upgrades. I, that just sort of like struck me as a little bit too sort of god mode, you know. It's like well, it's too borgy for one yeah. thing. Well, I no, mean, being well, being Star Trek fans, you mm. know, we all know that the Borg are basically ripoffs of the Cybermen. Yeah. So, cut your own path. Don't then copy what they do. Of yeah. this whole thing of like it happens a couple of times, then they adapt, and then mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah, I agree. It they were too overpowered in this. Yeah. Well, the um, thing if it is though, with the Borg, you can still kill a couple of them maybe before they start to adapt. In that instance, it was one Cyberman, and then they all adapted. So it's like, just even if they'd just like taken out a few and they'd stayed like deactivated, fair enough, and then they adapted. But to have it sort of like go into the mode, get electrified, crash, shut down, then reboot itself and upgrade, and then pass the upgrade along to its its fellow like Cybermen, it's, it's that's just like that's just too ridiculously overpowered. It in, is. In my, it's, it's... They are basically, you know, doing the contra code and cheating essentially at this oh, point. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it. I, I do like you. I like the design. I kind of like that sleekness. I mm-hmm. like that it was kind of more streamlined. That was fine, but as well, you know, you just think all that bullet time stuff is like, wow, yeah. is this nineteen ninety nine again? And you know, <laughs> you think that if they brought back the show in the nineties, that's how the Cybermen would have been. Mm. But yeah, it just, I, I don't know what went, what went wrong with this. I can't, you know, again, it's that whole kind of incredulity that the same person who wrote the masterpiece that is the Doctor's wife mm-hmm. wrote that. Yeah, I, I, I see, I, I kind of don't want to put all the, the door of Neil Gaiman. I can't, no, I don't. I, I can't I don't. imagine I'm... it's all his fault because it's just sort of like, like you say, it's just such a weird disconnect when you have the Doctor's wife and then Nightmare and Silver from the same guy. And it's just like, no, there's got to be something else. Yeah. It can't just, just be him. No, I think, it, it, you know, it just as well, it's one of those things of there's good ideas. I like this whole chess motif. I wish mm-hmm. there'd been more of that. I yeah. wish they, you know, just been the Doctor and Clara and had gone to this creepy place and found, the, you know, this kind of the mechanical Turk type thing. Yeah. And they'd had like a kind of a creepy abandoned the you know uh, theme park adventure yeah but you know this whole thing of there's a punishment unit there mm-hmm. there's the kids there's you know it, it's just too much yeah and it's too thought, much stuff i don't even remember like why 
what like why were they a punishment unit? Did they ever like say, actually say what any of them did wrong? I can't. I remember. think they're just various various kind of misfits. You know, mis- you know misfits. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it just and that was the other thing as well. Is like every cliche misfit was mm. in you know the ginger one, the fat one, the nerd, the you know the bitch. It was kind of yeah. like all those all those archetypes were mm-hmm. present and correct. You know. Yeah. Sigh. Sigh. Yeah. Must do better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'm going to move on to Trial of the Time Lord. All right. Okay. It. All, all of this. Of it. All of it. <laughs> well, because, you know, they, depending on how many episodes you want to claim there are of Doctor Who, this is either four, 14, or one episode, mm-hmm. whichever you want to say. Um, yeah. Uh, so, again, a little bit of a story behind this is right at the beginning of uh, my and my husband's relationship, mm-hmm. uh, before we were living together, um, he decided that we should watch Trial of a Time Lord all in one day. Oh. And we did. Oh. Um, and it was awful. <laughs> um yeah uh again this is something i've talked about on the podcast before if you want a kind of an in-depth blow by blow kind of how the this sort of idea was ill-conceived and only got worse um i would suggest that you get have a look at the the quite extensive documentary that comes with the box set of this these episodes Mm. um even if you don't watch the episodes just buy it for that it's worth it um but yeah uh this these episodes came after the, the hiatus uh, crisis, the suspension crisis, as it's known. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the fundamental thing I can never get over is if you've put your show on hiatus because you think it's bad, mm-hmm. why have you got the same production team? Yeah. The entire production team should have gone because if you don't think it's working, yeah. why are you keeping the same people around? Mm. It's just, it, it's such a clusterfuck, all of it. Yeah. Um it it's just it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I I I still own the box set. I yeah, mean, I, we do. We do. You know, I've I've watched the whole thing probably twice. Mm-hmm. You know, in the last few years and it's it's one of those there's there's kind of a couple of little good bits mm-hmm. but by the time you get to Mel screaming at penis mm-hmm. monsters and opening a cupboard and going, "Oh, a mega megabyte modem, you want to just die." <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, the this, this steampunk equipment is a megabyte modem. Okay, yeah, okay. I think I think our remote control's got more than a megabyte modem in it now. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised, but nope. yeah, like like you say, there's 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 good bits. I mean, um, I do like Michael Jason's The Valyard, and you know, it's you know, sad though it may be, some of it has endured because you've had recent references to The Valyard. Oh yes, like, in the name of the Doctor and things like that. So you know, um. Yeah, it's sort of. There are bits of it I prefer over others. I don't really like Mind Warp at all, even though it's got Brian Blessed in it. Um, uh, yeah, it's just sort of. Yeah, it's it's interesting how the sort of like how the Doctor defends himself by having like a future adventure. Like, yeah. say, he gets That's better. an interesting idea, you know. Yeah. In a way, you just sort of wish that there was kind of like a, you know, a, a you know, a void in the in the show that you know they didn't really explain what happened to Perry, and mm-hmm. you know, fan fiction can step in and worry about that. But then, you know, you just basically te- pick up with Terror of the Vervoids, yeah. which is actually out of the lot of it, probably the best story. There's, you know, there's interesting stuff going on. Yeah. 
But, you know, as, as I say, fundamentally, as with the, we're going to keep saying, I think, with a lot of these stories, it's not a bad idea. Mm. But yeah. it's executed so poorly. poorly. Yeah. And it came, and again, it's one of those things that when you know the history of it as well, it's absolutely baffling. Mm-hmm. You know, you just think, why would the corporation, you know, say to people who you basically sacked, yeah, <laughs> come on, have another go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, it's pretty dreadful. Mm. Although it just, it, though one of my all-time favourite bits of Doctor Who is in it when the sixth Doctor sort of takes the Time Lords to task. It's a, in all my travels throughout the universe, I've battled against evil from power, power mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a great bit, but it's only like maybe just a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Mm, never mind. So what's up next for you, Mike? Now, this one, I don't know. Somehow I don't feel like I should put it on the list because I've never actually finished it to this day. <laughs> but I had to include it because when I tried to watch it for the first time, I just ended up being like really sort of bored by it. Right. And that's the web planet. Oh, right. Okay. And I don't... Do you know what? I've been trying to remember. I've even sort of like read, looked it up on like the TARDIS wiki and things like that. And the more I read about it, the more I sort of think, I don't remember any of this. And it's probably because I never actually... <laughs> I, I, never I got finished. most like halfway through episode two and I was just thinking, I'm just... I mean, probably... You know what? I think someday I actually will go back and give it another shot. Yeah. It, again, it, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to criticise these things. I mean, I've got a, I've got an episode like this on my list, which we'll get to next. Mm-hmm. That you know, you're watching in a big chunk, and it was never intended to be watched that way. Yeah. Um. It would you know it, these things come across as repetitive because they're recapping stuff for people who may not have watched the last one. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you've got no way to record it in those days. Yeah. But with the web planet, for me, it you know it, it is rubbish. But um, <laughs> it's one of those ones of you know well done for trying but Mm. it's crap you know if you sort of read about the web planet all the ideas that they had really complicated stuff and the way they envisioned all these different societies for the insects yeah and you know all the way they move was already carefully coordinated and they really thought it through really well Mm -hmm. but unfortunately it's too highbrow for what they had at the time yeah they just you know ambitious but crap is Mm -hmm. the phrase that comes to mind and um i read a book that says you know there's a a few different places where you can you know you can see william russell decide to quit Mm -hmm. (laughs) so which (laughs) which one of those you want to pick you know entirely up to you (laughs) yeah um i have to be honest i can't really say much more about the web planet because as i say i've never i've never finished it so it's like but it's just like one of the first ones that came into my mind and it's not Mm -hmm. i don't want to I feel really bad about including it because I don't feel like I've given it a fair chance, but I have to mention it because it's it's the first Doctor Who that I've like just sort of switched off. You know, even like yeah. things like the Twin Dilemma and Time Lash, I've seen through to the end. You know, no matter how terrible they are, I've I've finished them. I've seen them through. But Web Planet, I just sort of, I just sort of like I. I don't know, I think, I can't even remember, like, if I went and did something else and left it playing. Do you know, like, that, that's that's how much of a, like, a memory sink it has been has been for me. You know what I mean? It's sort of yeah. like, I don't even remember, like, whether I switched it off or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones, I think it, it's, you know, it's okay if you mm. sort of watch it in bits. You know, if yeah. you literally watch one episode... And if you watch it over four days or a week, yeah, you know it. It really kind of mitigates it. And again, you know, it's twenty-minute episodes, so you can kind of, 
you know, it's sort of a short, sharp shock, essentially. But yeah. watching it all in one go is, I mean, we've never done it and we've watched Twilight of the Time Lord all the way through. Mm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, I think if I do get around to rewatching it again, I think that's probably will do. I think I will just like maybe do like one episode, like every yeah. week or something. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it does, it's unfortunate. It's one of those episodes that if they wanted to give it another go, I mm. wouldn't mind if they decided to say, right, we're going to have another visit to the web planet. They could um, do it. They could do it. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. And I think this is something that plagues early Doctor Who especially. Mm. Am- ambitious but crap. Yeah. They just did not have the budget and the skills, you know, to, to do what they really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to move on to my next one because this kind of falls in the same-ish, the same vein. It's Ambassadors of Death. All right. Bores the arse off me. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, again, it's a bit disingenuous to criticise something because it's seven episodes and mm. four of them are mostly the same. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's one of those that I've kind of got bad memories of it because when I first started watching Doctor Who back in 94 and these were on UK Gold... Mm-hmm. The the print they had of Ambassadors of Death was absolutely shocking. <laughs> it you know it was one of those things. It was basically like been smeared with grit and Vaseline, and you could basically <laughs> you couldn't make out what was going on. It was in black and white, and the same things kept happening. It's like, oh, again. I think the first time I tried to watch it when I was on UK, I think I switched it off. I mean, it's like about episode four or five, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't even know what's going on anymore, and. You know, we watched the, um, we had a bunch of mates around. I think it was before we were watching uh, one of the new series episodes and we had this song because the DVD had just come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're watching it and, you know, it's interesting because it's in colour and all that sort of thing. So, you know, watching the colour and you're reading the info text stuff on the DVD. But you end up talking through it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's an arse chore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually haven't seen Ambassadors of Death yet. I don't know the DVD. But I have a feeling that's kind of be like my reaction. I think that's one of those ones I'd have to like break up. I don't yeah. think I could say it through one go. Because, I mean, even even when I watched the War Games, which I enjoy, I made the mistake of trying to do it all in one go. One go, go. yeah. And it's like, it's 10 fucking episodes. Like, you can't but, do I mean, it. That's the, again, that's the thing. It wasn't supposed to be viewed like that. Go. Yeah. I mean, I've well, I, we have watched it all in one go before. And, um, you know, it, 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 to be honest, it's one of those things of you can... Patrick Troughton and, and, you know, Fraser Hines and Debbie Watling kind of drag you through. Yeah. You know, they kind of they kind of take you by you know your ear and drag you through. Because even when it gets dull, mm-hmm. or like when they're just basically running between three different sets, mm-hmm. um, you know, you kind of you kind of go with it because you're interested in what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I hold my hand up. I put the War Games on to watch it. Episode one, fell asleep, woke up. Episode <laughs> ten, and did not realise. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, episode ten. You know, and you know things like the War Chief and that. You know, you kind of. You kind of go with it because he's really weird and, you know, um, so it's a bit more compelling than, you know, ambassadors. I mean, but like you say, even if when you try and watch some of those seven parts, like like Silurians, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the episode four or three or four, I think it's literally two and a half minutes solid of Liz looking at slides. Yeah. Because they're trying to, you know, get seven episodes worth of, of show out of it. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, out of all those seven parters and those long ones, mm-hmm. Ambassador is the one I really struggle with watching in one chunk. Mm. Okay. So my next one is probably one of the more obvious ones, but not like not right up there with like Twin Dilemma and Time Lash. It's Warriors of the Deep. Oh, Warriors on the Cheap. Yeah. Oh, wow. You talk about inept. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blimey. Oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't even know if I have to talk about it, to be perfectly honest. No, it's, it's, it's it really, speaks for itself, really. It, it has to be seen to be re- believed. Mm. And really, also, it sort of represents the nadir of the fan professional infiltration of the show. Um, mm. When um, there was there are some fans employed to be continuity advisors. <clears throat> yeah. Mm, yeah, and um, <laughs> I believe they gave something like 108 notes with continuity errors to the writers. And they talk about this in the commentary. It says, yeah, okay, we've got these notes, Mm -hmm. but we're also trying to make a good show. So which one do you want? Because in order to to correct this continuity problem Mm -hmm. of something that 99% of the audience has never seen, I have to take out a line that makes sense in this context. So which, what do we do? And, you know, they went with the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, and as well, you know, it's kind of that very kind of Cold War thing you know that mm. two bases about to launch at each other and you know cold wars going hot and all that sort of thing yeah which which was contemporary at the time when this was being broadcast mm-hmm. um but again because the nick fan nickname for this show is warriors on the cheap because it's you know it it speaks for itself yeah. because you know it's that whole thing of like the other bases represented by a flashing light on a black screen mm-hmm. you know and, and yeah. you know the less said about the murka the better. <laughs> and usually by the time that Alwasa face is trying to kung fu kick it in the face, you is like, I quit. <laughs> His songs of praise on us, <laughs> I can watch. <laughs> oh God, I wasn't I was actually trying to not bring that bit up without laughing, but You can't I mean you, you can't, can't not do and, you know, and Tegan I think it's Tegan trapped under that door, which mm-hmm. is clearly made of balsa wood. Oh. And they're doing all the heavy acting trying to get it off and he's like, Oh my god, please stop. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it it's kind of is as well, it's the fifth I mean, we've talked about how stagey the fifth doctor's episodes were. Ugh. This is it again. It's worse. It's so bloody play for today kind of play school. Well, what's you know? worse about it is it, it's this. I mean, okay, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. A lot of across a lot of eighties productions is it's too overlit. Yes, it looks too shiny. This is still supposed to be set during the Cold War. Still, why can't it look a bit run down? Why can't it look a bit like messed up? I mean, that's say what you will about the new series. That's what it does really well. It actually does the used universe a lot better because it's easier to do. Yeah, well, exactly, that you can use basically disused breweries and other such dirty places as spaceships. You know, you just think, someone just go and watch Alien Mm -hmm. and then put what you've just seen on that screen there. Yeah, it's not difficult. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. as well, because you're saying about it being overlit, Mm -hmm. it really highlights the crapness of the monsters. Yeah. You know, it's basically under a microscope. You can't look away. And and you sort of know you're in trouble when, like, as soon as the Doctor steps out of the TARDIS and finds those, like, canisters, he says, oh, hexachromite gas, lethal to <laughs> reptilian and marine life. Like, there's your fucking ending end. right there. <laughs> wonder how this is going to end. Gosh, I oh. wonder. Jeez. Jesus age. Oh, let's put it this way. The first time I ever watched Warriors of the Deep, again, mm. it was a UK gold job. Uh-huh. Now, sitting there in my gym jams watching it on the sofa and my dad came down and start we had an old carpet and my dad started cutting up the carpet with a standing knife because we were getting a new one i actually started helping him because it was more interesting than the episode i was trying to watch um so yeah that was something yeah all right and here's another question why the fuck is the sea devils wearing samurai armor 
Well, because it's what? better than the vests, and they found it off the draconian mark stuff well, there in the warehouse. I, I suppose. <laughs> oh, well, it's, yeah, it's better than the string vests, but yeah, um, yeah it's it, it, they. I mean, as well, they look absolutely crap. Mm-hmm. They just look like big weird dildos, sort of staggering around because they can't see where they're going properly. You know, yeah. it's just oh, it it it's it, it's kind of one of those episodes that you kind of feel like right. I've watched it once, so I never feel the need to watch this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There should have been another way. Yes, there should have been another way. <laughs> anyway, next up for me, the chase, the shonkiest of shonks. Um, oh, I have to kind of disagree with you on that one because I, really? I, I, I quite, I quite like the chase. I like it for what it is. I know it's, it's, it's complete nonsense and just yeah. bollocks, but I, I don't know. I, I, I have a soft spot for it. It, it I, it's so crap it's kind of one of it's kind of so inept it, yeah, it, it is a, it's a clusterfuck i have to be oh it, it, it it's adorable in its crapness it's mm-hmm. kind of like i watched this in a group yeah um the last time i watched this i watched it in a big group of my mates we all had a couple of beers and we just howled through it it <laughs> yeah, was I mean, that's... brilliant you know in that way it was brilliant but otherwise it's terrible yeah that's what you have to do with this one i think is you can't take it seriously you cannot take it seriously you have to it's sort of like let it sort of like wash over you because i mean if it's like the sort of ideas it presents, like the Daleks were responsible for the abandonment of the Marie Celeste. Shut up! That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I. I. It, it's. I just take it for what it is. I mean, the, when you think, when you read some of the bits about it, it's actually quite interesting because you know the bit with the um, Beatles on the time space visualizer. Got the time teller, yeah. Yeah, one of the ideas they were bounding about was. It was going to be the Beatles still, but they were going to be an old man makeup. Yeah. And they were doing a concert then. And it's kind of a good thing they didn't go with that, you know, considering. Yeah, <laughs> there's only half been... of them left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I, I kind of like the idea of the Daleks pursuing them across space and time, but it's just sort of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a bit of a fun romp for me. It's just, it's, it's fluff. It is, yeah, that's, but that's... I mean, so sort of fundamentally, you know, if we're really getting into the nitty gritty of episodes mm-hmm. we love to hate, mm-hmm. I love how bad this episode is mm. because it's absolutely a hoot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean... It's the only way to watch it though. Get some mates, get have a, get well bevved up. Yeah, have have a, get a pizza on the go. Stick that on. You will never laugh so hard as a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, I, I, mean, I always like the one in, so like in the the haunted house when the doctors like convinced that they're in like a dreamland. <laughs> like what? What I really like about that is when obviously William uh, Billy took his cue too early, mm. and you can see a camera really quickly backtracking out of the shot and stuff like that. I mean, I I read there's an article. I think it was used to. It was in the old um, Celestial Toy Maker magazine, the magazine mm. that the uh, Doctor Who Appreciation Society put out, and there yeah. was literally a, a huge long list of all the errors in that one episode of The Chase and like a tick list to catch them all when you've yeah. seen it. Was it not you know? the entire magazine? Was it not that entire issue? Because yeah. there's plenty of them. <laughs> oh, there's plenty. I think you could you could literally waste two hours going, oh, look, then that and that. I can see the camera. I can see the boom mic. You know, Billy's got his lines. The the Dracula's gone queued too early. And, mm-hmm. oh, it's absolute. I mean, if Bless you've never it. seen The Chase, if you've never seen it and you're listening to us going, what the hell, just... You know, watch. I think it's yeah. episode three that really goes wrong. Um, English, yeah. English, mechanoid. <laughs> oh, the bloody mechanoids! 
Oh, and, and to, do you know what? And to think they were supposed to be the replacement for the Daleks. I know. And the thing is, though, <laughs> what's nice is because the voices are so terrible. Yeah. As someone pointed out to me, when they... <laughs> When they sort of the the Dalek assault fails, it sounds like they go crap, crap like that. Uh, you can buy a toy with the mechanoiser; it makes me laugh, and the toy's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, do you know what? You know, Russell T Davis always joked about bringing back the Nymon. I wanted to see him bring back the mechanoids just to see what oh, he could do with them. I would have loved it if one of them would have been parked in the corner of the Asylum of the Daleks. <laughs> Like just if it panned by and just seen the... it, it thought it was a Dalek, that would have been great. Yeah. Oh, that would be incredible. I would never stop laughing. Uh, um, but yeah, they, I mean, say so people who don't know what we're talking about, just if you ever watched the Teenage Mutant slash Hero Turtles, the Technodrome that Krang lives in, but smaller, that's essentially what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So anyway, um, my next one is, uh, I, hmm. Uh, you know, I love the Seventh Doctor. I've yes. said this before. Yes. But time in the Rani. Oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> well, I mean... <laughs> uh, if, if Kate O'Mara even looks slightly like Bonnie Langford, just slightly more. <laughs> yeah, if you've got myopia, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, if if you had, um, you know, Katie Manning's eyesight, you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean... Don't get me wrong, the Tetraps are an interesting looking creature, but considering they're supposed to have 360 degree vision, people sneak up on them a hell of a lot. <laughs> and it's kind of that archetypal quarry story as well, yeah. basically one corner of it to another corner. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's, again, I watched it not long ago and, you know, it's kind of one of those ones, it's sort of embarrassing actually to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do you know, do you know what, how sort of like much fail it has do you know there's like an Easter egg on the DVD yeah. of the regeneration sequence? And yes. they put Colin Baker's face like in place of Sylvester McCoy's and then regenerated into Sylvester McCoy. And it yeah. still didn't look right. No. But it looks less worse. Not by much. Not by much, but you know, there ain't much to, to, to pick for yeah, it. It's just... Um, um, yeah, it's I, it, it's just pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's not even the sort of thing like... I can't really remember, like, what happens in it. Well, the Rani pretends to be Mel. Mel. And then there's something with the tea traps. And then there's some wizard people. And then there's some... There's people in cryogenic storage because the Rani. Yeah. Oh, there's a brain. Yeah. There's a big brain. um, Um, And then the end. Things. There are things. Things happen. Stuff. Stuff and things happen. I'm, I'm sure things happen, but... Uh, there's b- bubbles. I I can't. <laughs> I, it's an, it's a memory sink. <laughs> Again, it really it's, is. It's, it's, it's something that uh, the comment, the sort of humorist and commentator over here, a man called Charlie Brooker, um, <laughs> calls eye brain mind wipe syndrome. Mm-hmm. That your brain just wipes it as soon as you've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just you have no memory of it whatsoever. Um, it's it's like that. It's kind of you know. I have seen it. I've seen it several times, but couldn't uh, tell you any yeah. much more than I've just said. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. That. So, I mean, I think, so this will be my number five, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, in no particular order. So, again, I'm going with the Seventh Doctor, and this is something I've talked about several times before, but why not? Beat a, a dead horse. Uh, Silver Nemesis. Um, mm. It's bloody awful. Yeah. I, do you know, I, I, I don't mind Silver... I don't hate Silver Nemesis. I know you don't hate it, but I think the, the problem is it's, it's that too many cooks thing. Mm -hmm. Too much stuff going on. It's dated horribly. It's all the skinhead stuff. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and it, it, you know, they blatantly are just running around in industrial state, and the Cybermen look absolutely crap. Yeah. You know, it's just it's all of these things together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say, um, I enjoy Silver Nemesis with a bit of an asterisk because I have to sort of like state like the extended VHS version, which actually makes a lot yes. more sense. And it's like, why mm. couldn't they put that on the DVD? Because I mean, I'm trying to remember. Was this, was the Silver Nemesis DVD released like two discs? Yeah, to... I think so. Yeah, because yeah, so... there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff about are we getting the VHS version or not? Because obviously, there's lots of people with their VHS copy poised to hurl it into a skip. Yeah, they want to know if, if if the the DVD is the same because the extended cut actually, okay, quote unquote, makes more sense mm. because when you have like the florist and um, his mate. And like all of a sudden they've got cyber headsets on. They're like I don't know, listen to Doctor Dre or whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's a headphones. it's a it's a primordial beats by Dre. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like all all of a sudden they've got that. But in the extended version, there's a bit where DeFloris and I think I guess his must name was Carl or something. You know, something generic German name. And um, he's like Carl, like pretends to sort of you know, turn the tables onto Flores and it's like defect the Cybermen and it's just their plot to sort of like get away from the bastards. Um, Do you know what though? It confuses me that because it always confuses me with the beginning of Die Hard 2. Mm -hmm. I expect one of them to be doing like naked Kung Fu in, <laughs> in one of the rooms. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, Silver Nebsis is really not, a, not, not one of the best, not the best one of the season. It's probably the worst of that season. Um, but I don't know. There's there's something so endearing about the Cybermen being confused by jazz. I just love yeah. that. You know, <laughs> there are nice bits. You know, when the Doctor's saying about could you to Ace, could you throw some of that Nitro Nine? Ask you not to bring with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and all that's, I mean, that's nice stuff. That's nice business, and I can't <laughs> take that away from the episode. Mm -hmm. But you know, and it, it's whole... kind of one of those things of it's a bit like you know, again, with Remembrance of the Daleks, you kind of got this whole thing of they're trying to make the Doctor mysterious and he knows about all this stuff and, mm -hmm. but then you know, the Nemesis pro and, you know, it's... It's too much of a carbon copy of Remembrance. Yeah. That's the thing, because, I mean, you've got the ancient Gallifrey technology, you had the Hand of Omega in Remembrance of the Daleks and you had the Validium in Silver Nemesis and the Doctor sets up the whole thing. It's just like, like we've said it before. Yes, we have. Yeah, you're and right. It's, it's, it's too much of a carbon copy. If it had just been like even a slightly bit more of a variation, then I think it might it might have gotten away with it. But because you know it's 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 more of the same with one episode less, it just sort of doesn't doesn't work as well. It just doesn't really work, you know. Yeah, I think you know to be honest. Again, watching it as a modern viewer, mm -hmm. this whole this whole thing of we would regard it as an arc of the Doctor being kind of this mysterious chess master who kind yeah. of knows everything's going on, and he's got this plan and he can see it through to the end. You you almost you want you you want and expect everything that's come before before that to set that up for you, mm. but it just it, it's not there because that's not how television works. You just kind of have to go with it, even though it's it seems out of the blue almost. Yeah. You haven't got enough supporting evidence mm -hmm. 
before to kind of relate what the Doctor's doing now to what you know of him. Yeah. Or don't know of him as they, yeah. as you uh, are supposed to think in For the Seventh Doctor. Yeah. I'm not lie though, when I was a kid I really wanted that tape deck. Oh yeah, that tape deck was cool as. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I um shall I go through some of my hubby's picks? Oh go on. Um then. yeah. Um I asked my husband Chuck to um to come up with some ideas for this. So he also gave me the chase mm-hmm. and the web planet. Mm-hmm. Um he said the gunfighters. Yeah. Mm, yeah, mm. I can s- kind of see where he's coming from that because when I watched the gunfight, I was fighters, I wasn't impressed by it. No. I don't think it's bad, but it's just sort of, I don't know. It's just uh, one of the lowest audience appreciation scores ever, I believe, for Doctor mm. Who. I think it got forty-six out of a hundred. Interesting, which is pretty crap. Yeah. Um, um, I yeah, I mean, that's... I think it's just all the singing and you know oh, yeah, that stuff and. Yeah, and the doctor minging about his sore tooth, and you think, "Oh my god, just shut up and go somewhere else." You, know? you could say the same about the Ballad of the Lance Chan Saloon. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yes. You are just like, "Oh, again." I mean, yeah, you are sort of tempted to mute the telly while they're singing it, and then yeah. to turn it back on. Yeah, it's um, just I don't, uh, I don't know. It's just I can't even say I hate it. It's just very meh for me. Yeah, it's it's super meh. Which is which is probably um, worse than actually being crap. Because at least when you crap, something's crap, you can complain about it or have a laugh about it. Yeah. When it's meh, it's just sort of. Mm. I mean, absolutely. I think mediocrity is probably the greatest crime of of modern television, isn't mm. it? Um, uh, the censorites. Uh, yeah, I can I can see that one as well. I think it's maybe sort of a bit too long. Yeah, it's very dry. I think. Yeah. And again, it's that kind of case of they didn't have the the budget to do what they wanted, and mm-hmm. you know it it's sort of it's it's a lot of middle and a lot of kind of walking around and not doing yeah. much, and you know it it's infamously if you're doing a rewatch of the whole series where most people quit mm-hmm. because it's the ninth episode, it's the ninth serial, um, and although um, Dark Invasion of Earth is coming next, mm-hmm. um, it it feels like too long, too big a hurdle to jump. Yeah, it's too much of a struggle. Mm. Um, so last couple he's got here uh, mm. Colony in Space ah um, do you know what I, 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 that was a six part wasn't it it was yes Yeah, I always, I always kind of struggle with six parters I don't know what it is I think it's just it's, when you think it's like six 25 minutes and it's like it's a hell of a lot to remember it I mean, is yeah things like Genesis of the Daleks and like Talon's Wing Chang stick in my head a little better because they're awesome um, but Colony in Space, um, well, obviously the Master was in that one. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course he was, because he always is. Um, um, yeah, it I, just... I'm just... I'm, honestly, I'm drawing a bit of a blank on that one. I can't remember which one, what that one's about. It's the Mine's... one, it's about the Doomsday Weapon, and they're going to the colony and... Oh, God. It, 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 it's that thing of like, oh, I can't, I can hardly... Although I've seen it. I can never bloody remember it is at that, all. You know, is that the one with the robot with the silly claws? I, could, I honestly, I cannot remember. <laughs> Either I'm losing my marbles, or it really didn't make that much of an impression on me. It could be both, actually. 
Um, yeah, I was just doing a bit of interlude music while I desperately skimmed the Wikipedia page for any sort of clue. Again, a, a clue. It's one of those ones that I've 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 maybe watched once. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's because it's, it's six episodes. It just it pops on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're stuck between the claws of Axos and the demons. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like. Just in my brain, you you skip from that one to the next one. Yeah. Claws of Axos to Demons. This one, I, you know. Yeah. Mm. 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 And um, the last one on Chuck's list, okay. The Mutants. I, do you know what? I, I don't remember it being that bad. Again, it's that's another six-parter, isn't it? It's another six-parter. It's another Pertwee one. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's caught a lot of flack as well because you can read it as quite racist. Yes, that that was, yeah, um, I think that's, yeah, it's, it's starting to trickle back to me again. Like I say, I, I struggle with six parters on the whole. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't remember it being that bad, but then again, it's been a while since I watched it. So, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with his list. No, I don't disagree with his list. I mean, it's quite. I mean, surprisingly, because Chuck is quite a quite an advocate of the first Doctor. He enjoys his stuff, but mm. I mean, the fact that four out of his six the first <laughs> yeah. Doctor episodes, um, and you know, the the third Doctor is his favourite. But these are the two um, that he went with. A couple of friends of ours did um, did an evening where they called the Pits of Who. Uh-huh. Where they watched like an episode from these really cruddy serials, like they watched one of Time Lash, one of Mutants. <laughs> and, you know, I'm one. Of, strangely enough, one of my friends really loves the Mutants, but um, it's what this whole thing. You know, again, it's six episodes. There's a lot of middle. Yeah. Uh, you're between the Sea Devils and the Time Monster. Mm-hmm. Two, two episodes. <laughs> you know, the 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 first appearance of the Sea Devils and the first appearance of Sarah Jane Smith. You know, you can't win on those. Yeah. That, yeah. On you know what I always thought we should do is maybe we should have a look at some like the the ones that sort of tend to no it's not like hated but sort of like underappreciated somewhat and it's, like see if it like they deserve yeah it, it's one of those like, weird things like, like underworld of... you know oh but underworld is boring it really <laughs> is it, it I mean again it's one of those ones of when I watched it it was like you're just kind of laying kind of semi comatose <laughs> on the sofa you're just so bored you just almost can't move you're just kind of like I can't take it someone's <laughs> taking it off the telly I can't deal with it anymore um yeah it it really is you know the quest is the quest and that's kind of what you need to know about underworld really yeah. that that's it that's true um yeah um it, it I mean, as well, that's quite a curious thing. Of one person's underappreciated as another person's absolute garbage. Mm. Um, you know, like I was saying a minute ago, there's kind of no greater crime than to be mediocre. And I think that uh, maybe Trial of a Time Lord aside, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. apart from Midnight as well, because you don't, you, you're not a fan of that because it's kind of too tense. Yeah. Not because it's too crap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, just that these episodes are mediocre yeah. and ordinary rather than really dreadful. Yeah, like Time Lash. Like Time Lash, yeah. If we were going to do, like, the shittest Doctor Who episode ever podcast, mm-hmm. Time Lash and probably Twin Dilemma are on there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no coincidence that the the fan name for Time Lash is lame shit, because that <laughs> is the anagram of it. Um, you know, I think we will have to do Time Lash. I don't think there's any sort we of... We might have to do Time Lash. Yeah, maybe just, we should... Just as, I've, like, a public service. Yeah, maybe public service. I will get... 
probably fairly drunk for that and then we'll get um i'll you be know, the we'll, control <laughs> you can be the control maybe yeah. we could do it live yeah. and uncensored yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it live um <laughs> so yeah i think that that would be funny but um yeah there's some i mean I, i'm gonna sort of throw my marker down here if i would watch crap who over good most other things mm. um but yeah some of these episodes i mean don't get us wrong we yeah. will watch them when they're on maybe not midnight because you know we want to sleep <laughs> night but um it's one of those things if you that's the thing of being a fan you take the rough with the smooth mm-hmm. and you know not everything can be good all the time but i think watching these and getting appreciation out of it is the mark of true love for a show um absolutely, absolutely. and i think you know it's one of those things of if you you know we're Star Trek fans as well, when you're sitting down to do your Voyager rewatch, <laughs> and yeah, yeah right, <laughs> your Fuck theoretical Voyager rewatch, and you know you get to uh, like that episode Twisted at the end of first season of um, you know or again, that, numerous that, other episodes. Again, that was that episode wasn't a bad idea. It was fine until Janeway's in the holodeck. And, yeah. She screams. I think it's meant. It's meant to be that they're talking to me. Yeah. But she sounds like she's out and shouting about doggy do. And once you've heard <laughs> it, you can't unhear it. <laughs> uh, so everybody, we'd like to hear what you think about our lists. Is there any episodes you love to hate? And if there are, you know, let us know. Uh, you can email us at uh, greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com or you could even tweet us at greatestshowpod. I don't know whether I might set up a Google Plus account for all the, you know, two people who use it, but, you know. <laughs> or people who want to spam comments on the YouTube, on YouTube now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <sighs> uh, you can also come on over to Facebook, uh, check us out, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and hang out there, leave comments, throw some pictures on there. Um, yeah, it's a cool place to come and hang out. Yeah, if you're a god of Ragnarok, you know, send us some love. That's always appreciated. Yep. Join <laughs> join the gods of Ragnarok and send us praise. <laughs> well, I think that I should do it for this episode, don't you? Oh, I should think so. Well, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>